Tina Turner going? Sure, I'll take it. I'll do uh, Tina Turner right now. All right, are we ready to begin? I mean, we can, you know, you can do whatever you want. Uh, you're hosting, okay. right? You said you were hosting? Like, I don't oh, have yes. to host, right? Okay, yeah, I can host. All right, I can do this. I'm, you do your thing, man. All right, all right, I can handle this. All right, welcome to episode 158 of Dance Robot Dance, a show where we talk about all things kooky, ooky, spooky, geeky, freaky, whatever. Hi, I'm Paul from South Korea, and I'll be your host today. And I am joined by my big brother, Mark, in Milton, Ontario. Say hello, Mark. Paul ad-libbed that whole bit. I just want everybody to know that was not approved by me before. <laughs> he just did it. I just did it. He just oh did it. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. I'm good. How's it going? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm uh, unfortunately I'm winding down my holiday. So this is no. my last weekend before I have to go back and interact with children again. But uh, it's fine. I'm fine. Are you fine? I'm fine. It's hey, fine. man, I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So today we have a, a two man episode because Tim is off gallivanting doing things. Hey, man, it's summertime. We do this trade up. We do the host trade off dance like almost every summer, where eventually you guys leave me like one at a time kind of thing. And I yeah. make it through a bunch of two handers, but I never leave. I'm always here. You, I got a pro. You got to go on holiday, man. Go on a, go on a little, a little excursion, a little trip. One day. One, one day. day. So, where, where is, we should tell, we should at least tell them like Tim is in, I see it. Okay. Where's California? It's Disney World, right? Like, I don't Disney know. Disney World is Florida. So, okay, whatever. He's in, he's in Florida. Disneyland. Is he in Florida? Okay. Anyway. I think yeah, I think Galaxy's Edge. Is, so he's in Galaxy's Edge, which we believe is in Walt Disney World in Florida. It's in a Walt Disney <laughs> theme park somewhere in the world. Yeah. Neither Paul nor I have been to either of these. So right. we don't know. I don't overly care. So like this is an interesting conversation to have. I know we're going to hear like hours about it next week. Yeah. Like, you know we're going to hear about it next week. So I'm, I'm curious to hear about it next week. But like right now to explain it to the audience. I, I can't. I shouldn't even have brought it up. I know a little bit about it in that, you know, it is a Star Wars experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know in, it's Star Wars. I just didn't know which park is which because like. Yeah. Well, Walt Disney World is the biggest one in the world. Like it's the okay. big one in Orlando, Florida. And they uh, he's getting to ba- build a lightsaber and I'll do all this stuff. And I'm pretty jealous because he's been live streaming. I don't know if you guys have seen this on the dance robot dance facebook page but please check it out because it looks really cool and i want to do it when i get back tim is providing you free bonus content yeah as he gallivants around the disney park and builds star wars stuff so yeah. he was i thought i saw something about the guardians of the galaxy thing he was at yeah there's the whole the guardians of the galaxy ride apparently is one of the best in walt disney world and definitely on my list of things to do when i go there in march or so so we'll see how it goes. Got to plan that trip. So let's get into the news. The news is pretty thin this week, but there's there have been some things. So this week, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has been released. Quentin Tarantino's love letter to Hollywood and the Hollywood studio system, I guess. And people are not happy because Bruce Lee's daughter and his protege have both come out saying that the portrayal of Bruce Lee was pretty terrible and they're not happy with it and uh it wasn't great it's probably the one thing that detracted from the movie the most to me yeah. was definitely that i know there is a lot of mythology that surrounds bruce lee though mm-hmm. so i think sometimes it's brand like 
over what was the like, versus reality, I guess. Also, he was playing like it's a character, and it's also it's part of a fantasy. I, yeah. You have to really contextualize it. It's not an actual flashback. It's him fantasizing about the situation. So he's idealizing it and making Bruce Lee out to be even dumber than he really is. So like you're watching it and you're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. But at the same time, like I get why he did it. And Quentin Tarantino has been like extremely unapologetic about everything in this movie. So yeah. I'm kind of just kind of like, you know what? You do your thing. I honestly, I'm going to come right out and say it. I fucking love the movie. I thought it was great. We're going to have a real descending opinion when you guys see it, probably. But I thought it was a really good movie. So, uh, Well, I, I haven't seen it yet, so I will not pass judgment. I just think that I think that the Asian-American community is uh, understandably upset about mm. portrayals and representation when, like, Bruce Lee is still, he was the first big bankable yeah. star in the Asian community, like, that broke into the mainstream. And portrayals of him probably have to be a little bit more sensitive i guess probably especially when it's a white director who has had a history of having some weird issues with race for a long time i'm I'm, I'm legit not going to engage on like the quentin tarantino thing because i'm just like i'm over it like i know he's a piece of garbage Mm. overall but he still makes movies that entertain me i don't Uh apologize for that unfortunately anymore like i just can't because otherwise we're just going to be sitting here arguing about it all goddamn day yeah so sorry yeah yeah well i haven't seen the movie yet and i don't know if it's when it's coming to korea i probably will go see it in theaters but it's worth seeing on big screen if you like his kind of movies you know what i mean like it is just one of those things yeah we're like i get it but like he's been problematic since the start it's one of those things where like if you start taking people away because they're problematic we're taking everybody away we're just taking everybody away where do you cut this off eventually it's like I get it. He's more problematic than most, but like there is eventually a line where it's like, Hey, guess what? Eventually there's just nobody left. There's just nobody left. I I think that there's different levels of problematic. And I like, again, canceled culture is a, a strange beast that is still kind of working its way through the pop culture system. But like Quentin Tarantino, I don't know. He has been, he's kind of, he kind of reminds me of Woody Allen, not in like the, horrible things that Woody Allen did, but in the way that people apologize for him. And so yeah. I don't know where that line is either. Exactly. It's, uh, it's basically, you've got to feel it out and make an individual choice about it. Like what is your line in terms of what you can accept from these creators? And I don't think I've hit a, I don't know. The whole Uma Thurman thing has been weird. Maya Hawks in this movie. There's no way her daughter's in this movie if she's like, fuck Quentin Tarantino, he's a piece of garbage. I know. And it's like, like, it's, just, it's a really weird headspace to be in where we're just like, fuck this guy. But like the people that even like his problem was with, their kids are still working with them. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we all need to just step off and just let everybody else deal with it. Because I thought it was a good movie. Mm. I thought Brad Pitt was really good in it. I know everybody fucking hates Brad Pitt right now, too, because he's in this movie. But he's really good in it. Maybe we should move on because otherwise I'm just going to say something that's eventually going to like alienate the entire audience where I'm just like, hey, I don't want to have these fucking arguments anymore all the time. Yeah. In HBO news, we have a new adaptation coming. Um, so this is exciting for me because I've actually read this novel and really enjoyed it. Madeline Miller's best-selling novel, Circe, has been picked up by HBO Max. So it's kind of a retelling of Greek myth. And it's a really weird pull by HBO. But I'm really excited to see it. 
I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's all about like, you know, the witch Circe in like the Odysseus myth where he, you know, goes off and. Okay. My initial thought when you said Cersei and HBO, I was like, oh, that's the Game of Thrones spinoff they're going to end up doing. They're just bringing Lena Headey back because like. I'd, I'd watch I that. <laughs> I'd I mean, watch that. As long as she's not just standing at the balcony sipping wine for the entire. Actually, you know what? I might watch that too. If it was just Lena Headey being a bitch. It's a real fucking, like, she got a real fucking power move on her part to basically get like the biggest raise anybody got on that show, I think, that year. Yeah. And do nothing the entire season except for sit on the goddamn balcony sipping wine. Like, yeah. Well, move. to be fair, she really, oh. really had to work those scenes with Euron Greyjoy. <laughs> and Euron Greyjoy is the worst. That's true. Maybe one of the worst characters on that show. Sand Snakes, maybe. Euron Greyjoy, terrible. So she had to make those scenes work. And she she did on her part. I don't know about the rest of the cast, but goddamn. So anyway. I don't know. I just rewatched Dread. I'm all on the Lena Headey like, train right now. She's real good in that one. So I was on a Carl Urban kick. So. She popped up in that. And I was like, oh, right. That's right. We got two awesome people in this movie. Yeah. I completely forgot. Yeah. Well, we it frustrates me to think that we lost out on like 10 years of her career because of Harvey Weinstein. But like, anyway, this HBO Max series based on the Odyssey and focusing particularly on the witch Cersei looks really cool. And I'm excited to see it. But like we are getting a glut of new high profile streaming novel adaptations and things like that. So I don't know where this is going to fit into my hierarchy of things I need to see, but it's going to be maybe top 10 and I'll get through it eventually. Fair enough. It's definitely like I, oh boy, there's a lot coming where I'm like, I'm basically just living the Marvel life going forward. I think for the next two years, because they got enough stuff that I'm going to be swamped. Um, for new stuff, you know what I mean? Like, in, yeah. considering what I already watch, and then, like, if we're going to dump all that new stuff into the mix, like, I'm not picking anything up until I figure out how much that's going to be. It's yeah. A lot. It is a lot. Like, Captain America Winter Soldier is the first series that's coming out from all that. I'm sad I got, I yeah. missed all the SDCC announcements for the news. I, I listened to the last episode, and I was all like, oh, yeah. oh, I wish I could have talked about it more. I'm glad that you were as excited about Elizabeth Olsen in the Doctor Strange movie as I was, because I was so pumped. I'm super stoked. For, yeah, put Scarlet Witch in with Doctor Strange. She's a magic user. She absolutely deserves to be there. Yeah. She's probably, she's almost arguably more powerful than he is sometimes. So Sometimes. Like, she did no more mutants, you know. Like, yeah. So I, I've always liked the uh, the idea of Doctor Strange and uh, Wanda being kind of order and chaos within the magic universe, and like Doctor Strange sense. having to kind of reel in. Even though I hate the crazy Wanda shit, I do like the idea of him having to rein her impulses in a little bit because she's like, "Well, I can do this, so why not do this?" And she and yeah, he's just exactly. kind of like, "Well, the universe." you know so yeah yeah i like i yeah. like that idea because she gets to be the more like experimental adventurous one i would like to see that and hopefully it gives her like some we actually get to spend some time with the character yes. it doesn't involve her like being in danger or being a bad guy or just being attached to vision at the hip or whatever yeah. like just can we just have some scarlet witch just like i really i was watching endgame again because the 4k like all the home has happened now like we can just grab it and watch it yeah so I was watching it again. I'm like, I really like her as Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Like she looks good as the, in the part. She carries herself well in the part. Never gets to do anything aside from be like 
a prop for somebody else. And it's really a bummer. Yeah. I, Scarlet Witch character I totally agree. And I'm, I'm actually pretty heartened by the main writer showrunner for WandaVision has said that she's like, she's trying to stack the writer's room mostly with women and people of color. And that, that gives me hope that the WandaVision series is not just going to be her being a prop for Vision, but to be her own He should character. be a prop for her. Exactly. He's an artificial human, man. He is an artificial person. That's speciesist of me, but God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some Scarlet Witch. Like, actually make her a character and yeah. not just, like, the person who said no more mutants. You know what I mean? Or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's about goddamn time. Because she, like, Elizabeth Olsen is, I loved her in Winter Soldier. No, Civil War. At the beginning of Civil, Civil War, War. She got to, like, show her yeah. acting chops. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I like about her. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, like. Yay, Madeline Miller. She's. I think she's gonna do a good job. Uh, not Madeline Miller. Uh, the the woman who is running the Wandavision show, which is Jack Schaefer. I said it was a woman. Jack Schaefer. Jacqueline. Jacqueline Schaefer. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. I think it's sure for Sorry. Jacqueline. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to so sad news on the Nintendo front. So there is the new Fire Emblem game is coming out, and the whole internet is fucking raving about it. Are they? They are. Happy raving or bad raving? Happy raving. People are like, oh, this okay. is what we want Fire Emblem to be. It's basically like, it's Fire Emblem, which is a strategy RPG where your characters can die pretty horrible deaths and you lose your characters forever. And it's like pretty difficult and unforgiving. And especially since like they've boosted up the storyline a bit to make it kind of like a Hogwarts-esque teachers training your students in these different houses. Anyway. That sounds pretty derivative. Yeah, but it's apparently getting it's getting rave reviews across the internet. So I'm going to tr- uh. check it out eventually. This will be the first Fire Emblem game I actually purchase. I've mostly known Fire Emblem through Super Smash Brothers. So unfortunately, there has been some controversy because one of the voice actors has been replaced and fired because he has been accused of uh, sexual abuse. <sighs> Why can't we have nice things? <laughs> I just want to know, when are we going to be able to do a podcast episode where this isn't a topic? When the world stops being a horrible place, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. guess. So they've replaced uh, one of the voice actors completely, and because he's one of the main playable protagonists in the Fire Emblem games, and so they've just cut him out. They recast him and re-recorded the voice acting. I was just like, okay, God damn it. I don't know if there's anything else we can say about it other than this fucking sucks. And I'm glad that they were quick to act on this. That's all I have to say. Or at least I hope they were quick enough to act on it. The guy in question, who his name's Chris Niosi, he is, I guess, apologetic, but like, fuck off. You're done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway. So that's all. Is that all I have for news? Oh, and speaking of Super Smash Brothers, the new character has been released for DLC, and it's the hero from Dragon Quest, and looks like a lot of fun to play. I haven't tried it yet, but I have it downloaded. It's going to be fun. Uh, the only thing I saw was Christopher Nolan's new trailer. comes out, like it came out today, I guess, on the Hobbs and Shaw movie, but you can't see it online because you have to go to the theater to watch it oh. because Chris Nolan hates you. And want you to go watch it in theaters. <sighs> On Hobbs and Shaw, I guess. Which like, I'm I mean, not going to see. 
and like legit that's a movie i would think about going to see because like the rocks in it yeah and like i don't mind those fast and furious movies but like don't make me go pay 15 dollars to see a garbage fast and furious movie to see your 40 second trailer yeah no i i think like, that's bad marketing and it's not gonna work on yeah. me like it's just we've been fooled by this before you know this is not this yeah. is not a new tactic and it's it's a shitty tactic and like if your movie can't stand on its own and you need to bait people to watch it with a christopher nolan trailer then just make a better movie that people actually want to see just saying you know yeah agreed that was it. I really, the only thing, I mean, there was something about like the full creative team behind Amazon's Lord of the Rings has been announced, but like, that's a Tim thing. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that yeah. with him next week. Cause like, I don't care at all. Who's on that show. I did miss something. PS4 has finally shipped 100 million PS4s. We have reached the 100 yeah. million mark. Congratulations, Sony, I guess. I like my PS4. I'm making all the fucking money, like just all the money. Yeah. yeah, I got two. They're great. Yeah. I love my PS4. Yeah. So PS4 has lately been the, the platform I've been using even more than my Switch, weirdly enough. Even though I was just on a trip, I didn't bring my Switch with me this time. I was on a more analog kick this time around. Mm. I recently finally, finally downloaded resident evil 2 remake because oh, it was on really? sale oh, so i'm gonna start yeah. playing it this weekend nice yeah it's good man it's real good yeah i played a river on the xbox but like it was it's a quality experience and it looks it's beautiful like it's a crazy pretty game yeah. so yeah enjoy that gore like it's gross i can't wait fun time very excited yeah. for that oh yeah. yeah oh yeah for resident evil 2 yeah man that's game's great yeah um the only oh you know what we did miss today's the day tool is on streaming so if you're a spotify guy or an Apple, like anybody, they're all, they're everywhere now. But yeah. you can get all those tool records. That album actually drops this month, August thirtieth. So I know we talk about them a lot, so I figured yeah. I'd bring it up yep. at the very least. Um, but yeah, so that's very exciting. I mean, the albums just being on Spotify is pretty exciting for me because I like using Spotify kind of on the regular now. Yeah. But the fact that we're actually getting that record, I am cautiously optimistic. Just cautiously optimistic. Honestly, I have so many albums that are impending for me that like are bigger than tool in my, in my brain in your head. Yeah. That uh, like the tool thing is just kind of like an, Oh, okay. That's cool. Like I'm definitely going to throw it on and listen to it. You know, like I'm basically, that's basically where I'm at with it right now. I'm like, it's, I don't think it's not going to stand up to like lateralis or whatever, but like probably not. I'm curious to hear what they fucking cooked up after. What are we at? 13 years or 16 years? What was it? 2006, so 13 years. Yeah. So I'm imagining like a kind of overcooked kind of experience. I am too, to be, to be honest. But like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll I'll take a little bit of a little bit of char on my steak. You know, it's just- I know I know absolutely what I'm gonna get out of it at the very least is some really cool Danny Carey drum parts to try and learn that I'll never be able to learn because I'm not a fucking octopus with cyborg arms mm-hmm. or whatever. But like. There's definitely probably going to be some like overcooked Danny Carey drum parts, which I'm going to fucking love because yeah. that's what I listen to Tool for. Yeah. So. And, and it turns out to just be one track and it's just Danny Carey doing drums for 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 79 minutes. I'll fucking listen to it yeah. like twice at least. <laughs> at least. You know, you find, find your favorite parts. Uh, yeah, because I've, yeah, I've got like Angel Olsen just released her first single for yeah. the album that she. Oh, it's so good, guys. Angel Olsen. And. You know, FK Twigs is coming out. Joanna Newsom is touring, so she's probably got new music oh. on the on the horizon that I am going to oh. lose my mind about. Yes, I'm more, so much more excited for Tool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, shocking, shocking Shut news. Shut your goddamn but mouth. I'm way more excited for uh, 
for some Danny Carey drums than yeah. I am for not Danny Carey drums yeah. on a Joanna Newsome record. Fair enough. Yeah, so, yeah. So that being said, let's move on to our Geek of the Week. I'm not going to get any help from Mark on this one, so Geek of the Week. I just love calling out the lonely stings. I find them very amusing. We're sh- just much- shouting into the abyss, hoping the abyss really. shouts back, I guess. So yeah. this is the segment of the podcast where we talk about the geekiest thing we did this week. So, uh, Mark, what did, what was your geekiest thing? Man, I've had like a super geeky week. So like, I was going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I figured I'll have that fight with Tim next week. And then... Uh, I watched Amazon Prime's The Boys. That sounds like a show we should actually just review because it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross, but like I'm quite enjoying it so far. Or I did quite enjoy it. I've watched it already. I'll probably watch it again. But I caught up on Archer. Oh, uh, yeah. So I've, I'm have i up to date. They did the season finale. Yeah. Have you caught up? Yes, I have caught up. Yeah. I saw that last episode. I was happy with that, man. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, back into like real world stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know if I really want to sit here and spend a whole episode talking about Archer like this season, but like, Maybe when that season comes out, it's time to like do an episode about the whole show and then yeah. watch that season and do another episode. Yeah. I don't know how much longer Archer's going to go. Maybe the... I'm hoping that's the end. Yeah. I'm hoping they just wrap it up in one season and that's kind of the... It's yeah. done. Man, because like that last scene between Mallory and Archer was so fucked up in a very Archer way. And oh, yeah. it speaks to me like this is the going to be like the, the concluding season like the way that they had that weird setup where it's like our story is a love story and archer's just like the fuck yeah that was really fucking weird that was like i'll watch it because like i know it's gonna be fucking weird i know it's gonna be fucking entertaining so yeah like even at its worst i know this show and i know a lot of people are like super hating on this show but we're gonna get into that with what we're talking about this week also like it's been taking a lot of like it's been taking a pounding online yeah I kind of agree where I'm like, yeah, it's definitely not the same caliber it was like through the first six seasons, like when it was still like Archer Archer before they went to the coma stuff. But like the coma stuff this year particularly has been pretty amusing, more so than the last two years. For me, it's been up and down. Like it had higher highs and much lower lows than Dreamland, but yeah, because Dreamland was more consistent, but it had more laughs and Danger Island was just like... Mm. real uneven when i kind of went back yeah, to that. Was, that was that one didn't work anyway we'll talk about that when we do our our full archer episode finally we get to yeah. do the the whole series from front to back because goddamn yeah yeah i know that show's been on for freaking ever man you were in like north america when that stuff like it's been on for a long time yeah. like, 10 years plus like the gaps between seasons and stuff feels like it's been on since like yeah 2007 or 8 or something like that i might have started yeah. i didn't look it up i but. think i've been in korea for more than half of Archer, but yeah, I definitely started watching it in North America for sure. Yeah, I think we're both in St. Catharines when that show started, so it was, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh man. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So I, I totally I got through Archer finally. Yeah. So yeah. Yay! Yay! Finally, congratulations. Yeah. My geek of the week. I've got two geeks of the week actually. So I was in Jeju Island for my holiday, and that was really cool for the most part. Yeah. So there is a, like a little arcade there and I, I was traveling by myself. So like sometimes I like to check out the local color as it were. And there was a little arcade there. And so I'm sitting down playing uh, King of Fighters 97 classic uh, Ooh, Neo Geo. Yeah, yeah. Old school. And so I was like sitting there and this little Korean boy came up and challenged me 
to a match because he saw that I was a foreigner. I guess he thought he could get an easy win on me. Sure, fine, whatever. So it was actually pretty evenly matched. He was not bad. Um, He was a little bit on the cheese side, but uh, halfway through, he starts mashing my buttons. And I'm like, what the fuck, kid? I'm just like, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I go on holiday to avoid all interactions with children. So this was like, rustling my jimmy so bad. Still end up beating the kid. And then the kid fucks off to go play Tekken or whatever, which is like the only other fighting game they have in the arcade. And so I'm continuing on trying to beat the CPU and the CPU is like jacked up to level 10 or whatever. So I'm having some trouble. And then the kid comes around and jumps on top of me and starts mashing my buttons again. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'd have tossed the little fucker right there. Like I legit, I don't even care whose kid it is. I'd be like, you get off me. I am, and I am giant. So if I pitch him, he's getting pitched. The problem. Don't touch me. The problem with that in Korea is that if a foreigner lays a hand on a Korean, the Korean wins every time. Like it's just how it is. The police will side with whatever. So I like basically like crossed my arms onto my chest and like did not touch the kid. I turned to the lady at the front of the, the desk and was all like, uh, I don't know this child and he is jumping on me. Thank God the woman spoke perfect English and she's like, she grabbed the kid and kicked him out right away. But man, that could have been bad. My fighting game prowess almost got me kicked out of this country or in big trouble with somebody because like if that kid decided to say like this guy attacked me, like if he tried to play it off like I did something to him, I would not have been believed unless there was like CCTV footage. And even then, even then, I might have had an early return to Canada. Why the fuck are you over there? I just, I, you know what? Let's, I'm not, because like I would lose, I'd have lost my goddamn mind if some little shit had jumped on me. If it was some little Canadian kid, I legit would have just pitched him because that's what I would have done. Because that's my instinct. If you just jump on me and I don't know you're coming, I'm pushing you off. I am, I'm a kindergarten teacher who plays with kids in a playroom. This is like, part of my deal. I kept pretty composed other than screaming what the fuck at this kid, but like yeah. I was still pretty composed considering I would have lost my goddamn yeah. shit, but I'm not a child education professional, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And on happier news though, like I got to geek out a little bit because one of my favorite queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, her name's James Mansfield, and I think that you would You would hate her persona. Her drag persona is this Marilyn Monroe-esque bubbly blonde who has a signature laugh that is basically like a squeak. But her whole thing is about reviewing. She loves wrestling. Like, she's a huge wrestling fan. And basically sci-fi, fantasy, everything geek, like, whatever. And so I was watching a wig tutorial that she was doing just because I like watching her do stuff because she's really funny and entertaining. And the whole thing was her taking a really old wig that she had from years ago and transforming it into like a new style and like basically saving the wig from death, basically, and having to get thrown out. Wig death? Wig death, which apparently is a thing for drag queens. So I commented on her video and she actually replied to my comment. And not only that, but she used a Day the Earth Stood Still reference to reply to me. And I was like, I don't know, if you guys like drag... Look at James Mansfield. She's an amazing queen. Very talented hairstylist. She is a great painter. Like she did a video where she styles 
a doll and paints the doll head to toe and does and makes the costume from scratch and everything like that. Like super, super talented queen. So check her out if you get the chance. She's really funny. Cool, cool, cool. And with that, let's move on to our meat of the episode. A long time ago, we used to be meat. Gross. Okay, that's <laughs> disturbing. Whatever that was. Yeah. That was off-putting. Yes. Thanks, man. As it was supposed to be. So this week, we are talking about mutually one of Mark and I's, not, I wouldn't say maybe favorite series, but like a series we really both enjoy called Veronica Mars. So season four was recently released on Hulu. I yep. watched it through other means because... Hey, man. Shh. Okay. Uh, we're going to go a little bit back and talk about previous um, seasons of Veronica Mars and talk about our experience with V-Mars and our love of Kristen Bell, probably. Oh, yeah. This is my opportunity to unabashedly tell you how much I adore Kristen Bell. Same. Because I fucking adore Kristen Bell. I don't know if I made that clear enough on the podcast yet, but... I fucking love Kristen Bell. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And then we're going to do, and we're not going to do like an episode by episode thing for season four, but we're going to do like an overall review of what we thought of the thing. So just to start off, how'd you get into VMARS? I don't remember, man. I honestly don't remember. I think it might've been you who gave it to me, but I'm not sure. It was in that weird period where like Buffy and Angel had both ended mm-hmm. and we were kind of transitioning towards CW. This is a UPN show. I was looking it up because I was trying to remember how long ago this was. This show started the same fucking year Supernatural did. Supernatural still on the air. Heck. 2004. This Ooh. premiered in September of 2004. Supernatural was a mid-season replacement in January 2005. They both started on opposite networks, UPN for VMARS and WB for Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Both ended up on CW. One of them got canceled after that first year. One of them went on to last for 15 goddamn seasons. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that because I love both shows. Yeah. But I was just like, that's an interesting little bit of trivia because Supernatural ends this year. Veronica Mars just came back for the second time. For the in second time. Years. For the yeah. second time. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. I just thought it was so crazy because they're, like, they're basically network siblings. And one of them is just like the network darling that is never like if they did want it to keep going, they'd get 20 years. Yeah. And this other show just couldn't stay on the air like for it got a Star Trek esque run of three seasons. Yeah sad yeah and not only did it like kind of have multiple attempts at reviving like one of those attempts at reviving failed like because they were gonna do the whole veronica mars at the fbi thing which i would have loved but because give me some like silence of the lambs references front to back yeah but that never materialized there was a pilot which was great i i really Mm -hmm. liked the pilot but it didn't get picked up so I also got in. I I don't know if I gave it to you or you gave it to me. I don't remember. I don't know, and it's so hard to say because like it's totally a show. Like it's a UPN slash like WB show, right? Like it's something I would have been into because Buffy and Angel were like my jam through that whole period. But we were watching those together, you know. We were, and it's but it's also got a tiny blonde in it. Yeah. So I'm like, that's totally a show that I would have been like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that out because she's cute, right? But yeah. like, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know. It, it does. It's totally. And it ended up being a show that we watch as a family almost. Cause we got mom into it. Mm-hmm. Lise watches it. Yeah. Like all of us watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a strange one for us. Yeah. Cause it is one of those shows that we almost like watched as a family like Buffy. Yeah. I remember the first, but we all watched it separately and kind of came back together with it. Cause I remember binging 
seasons one and or two. I feel like I've been season one. I think I caught up after season one. Yeah. And I remember staying up super, super late because I was so hooked on season one. Yeah. Like I watched it until the sun came up kind of thing during my university days when I still did that and had a shitty sleep schedule. I wouldn't know anything about that. No indictments. It was not a judgment. It was not a judgment. Fair enough. (laughs) So I, yeah, I can't recall why I initiated the Veronica Mars thing, but I'm really glad I did. I like, however we discovered it, like I'm super glad we did because I loved the show as it aired. Yeah. Like I was hooked on it like week to week and stuff like that. Again, Kristen Bell, lover. I want to say his name properly, but I know I'm not going to. But the man who plays is her father. So Enrico, Enrico Colantani. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Who like, is that right? Anyway, he's fucking Colantonio. amazing. Colantonio. Her... No, 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 no. No, no, no. no Colin, Colin Tony. Yeah, you're right. I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if somebody wants to correct Colin, me yeah, somewhere, Colin Tony. please do. Yeah. Colin Tony, right? Yeah. Like, I heard their relationship always just like, I love their father-daughter relationship. Like, that whole dynamic was great. Mm-hmm. Everything about the show should not have worked for me, but because it's so like noir and nasty and they had that little relationship like with the dad that I liked a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a show I can totally watch. Yeah. Plus she's a big Pitbull fan, right? Like she has her little Pitbull all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Pitbull guy. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next question was going to be like, what do you like about the show? And I think the core Veronica Mars, Keith Mars dynamic is like, it sells the show. Yeah. Veronica herself. I love how nuanced and flawed she is like she always because it's Kristen bell she always comes off as likable but she does have like some serious what the fuck veronica moments where you're like wow she's at best morally ambiguous and sometimes crossing the line a lot yeah to, to get her man and like i like that she continuously distrusts people even from the very get go like she's always has this like assume everyone could potentially be guilty motivation yeah. even though that like it ruins her personal life which is heartbreaking yeah. it makes her a really good detective she has one of the best lines in that regard that i use all the time when people ask me this question they're like how do you know somebody can't be trusted and she says they have a pulse and i say that constantly <laughs> yeah. now yes and i like that this was a show that wasn't afraid to be a serialized mystery series for teenagers like the lily kane murder and the the bus explosion arcs were like played up really well. Like we, even if there were like little side mysteries that Veronica was dealing with to like ex- do character moments with Wallace or Mac or unfortunately Duncan Kane, <laughs> or yeah, we'll talk about her love interest in a second. Yeah. I've never liked any of them. So it doesn't really yeah. matter to me. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, like I think that they never underestimated their audience. No, I really like that about this series, even from the very beginning, like this, this was going to be a complicated nuanced character study and they never shied away from that which is probably why they were so afraid of keeping it on i would say like it was a little i could imagine it It touches on some pretty i would say like racy for teenager kind of like content like it's very forward about like she was a rape victim and Mm -hmm. like there's lots of like parental abuse going on with everybody Mm -hmm. and there's lots of just like racial conflict between all the characters just because of like there's a huge class divide neptune and stuff like that and like there's money and don't have money and then there's black and white on top of that and it's just it's crazy yeah and they don't shy away from any of that stuff so the show looks like it's the oc when you just kind of look at it from like the top view yeah but then you start watching it you're like oh shit yeah this show's like 
almost as scummy as the wire. Like there's just all kinds right. of weird, gross nuance going on all over the place. So God, it kind of reminded me of back in the day when Joss Whedon was first talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and saying like, hey, it's the, the blonde that gets murdered. What if she is the hero kind of thing? Yeah. And in this case, it's like, what if the, the love interest or the girl Friday is actually the amazing detective who's like yeah. into the bottom of all of this shit. In some ways, it's almost like the femme fatale is the... Uh, Sometimes, yeah. When, you know what I mean? Sometimes. Yeah. Who is actually the hero of this piece, because the, the Veronica Mars character is she's pretty fucking independent, you know what I mean? Yeah. So she does what she wants to do. Yeah, very much so. So with that, like, before we get into season four, what was your favorite segment of the first... Veronica Mars, like from season one to the movie. I actually had to go back and I was going to talk about it during the season because like the continuity drift between the movie and the TV show was like pretty bad. And that was something that like the fans were really pissed about. Yeah. But I don't really remember the movie that well. I remember enjoying it while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't remember if it was because I was just happy to have Kristen Bell playing Veronica Mars again and like Mac and Wallace were there and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Or if it was actually any good. But like the actual show. I love that first season. It's always that first season I come back to. It's that Lily Kane murder and like all that, just the way that they introduce the entire world that Veronica Mars is going to inhabit. And then everybody's kind of got a little role to play in that murder and the scenario that's going to happen, like that leads up to like the discovery of everything, like at the end of that year and stuff. So that first year, like it almost feels like a nice self-contained, like you could just watch that mm-hmm. and just that's the end. You know what I mean? Like that's it. You don't have to continue with it. So I always say the first year is probably the best. I do have a soft spot for like her in college. Yeah. Cause she really like fucks with a bunch of bros. And it's, this is another one of those shows where we're almost contemporarily aged kind of thing. Yeah. Where like we were in college kind of around the same time or I'd gone back to school around the same time. So seeing a lot of people were like, she would own them. And I was like, huh, I know those guys. Yeah. Basically. I totally know yeah. yeah. So I know season three is very much maligned in the fan base. Yeah. Yeah, but the fan base, and like to be honest, I was going to talk about the fan base because I was watching some YouTube reviews on it. And I, there was a phrase that caught my attention where it was like, audience, oh God, I should have written it down. But it was something like, audience, the, the creators hate the audience so much that they are going out of their way to, to ruin the show. Like, this was the thought they were trying to get across. Yeah. And I was like, who in their right fucking mind believes that anybody who is given the opportunity to do something creative is sitting around worrying about what you think about their bullshit while they're making it. Cause if they are, they have bigger problems than what you think about. That is shit. exactly true. Cause I was watching this really great video on what went wrong with game of Thrones. Yeah. And there was this part, it was by Lindsay Ellis. She's a really great reviewer. I've talked about her before, but she talks about yeah. how Jonathan Nolan changed the twist of Westworld episode three, because people guessed it on Reddit. And they're like, oh, our job is to subvert audience expectations. No, good writing will be satisfying even if there are spoilers. So like if the creators are going (laughs) out of their way to fuck with the audience, then they're bad writers. And that is perfectly obvious from the way they handled Game of Thrones season eight. And the way All right. let's not let's not jump down that <laughs> rabbit hole again, because my I actually had the same thought, but it was it was Jr. who said it like it's it's a wrestling thing, right? Sometimes your fucking face needs to go over. You know what I mean? Like you, you can string out that chase as long as you want. But eventually the rock's got to pin Triple H. Yeah. You know what I mean? And win the strap. It doesn't matter how he gets there and it might take fucking forever. But like if you don't do that, you just keep jerking the audience off or around. I should say not off, yeah. but around then they're going to fucking walk away. Yeah. Right. 
Like, there's no point in doing that. Yeah. There's just no point. And, like, anybody who's sitting on YouTube, and I say this as a fellow, like, reviewer, like, we're obviously doing the same kind of thing. But if you really think a creative is sitting there being like, I'm just going to fuck with you, that's what I'm going to, like, that's what I'm getting paid to do is fuck with you, you need to get the fuck over yourself because they don't care about you that much. Yeah. And, and if they do, they're not doing their job correctly. So exactly, whatever. exactly. So you shouldn't even be watching the damn thing to begin with. Yeah, it was just this fan base really caught me this like this time because I was like, "What is this coming from? Like, you really think the like the the creative is so worried about you that they're out going out of their way to offend you?" I think that they're like, they're wow. We do have to consider <sighs> that like the closeness of creator and fan has severely been enhanced because of the internet yeah, i guess and especially since veronica mars aired and started off with like a a solid cult fan base of what they yeah. call marshmallows Ugh, really is that what they call us yeah they call us the marshmallows because of the oh, i oh, prefer scoobies uh I don't like fandom names in general. Can I just be a Veronica Mars fan? Thank you very much. But yeah, anyway, I mean, I'm the same way, but like, ugh, that's, I don't like marshmallows at all. Yeah. Anyway. There is a more of a closeness between creator and fan base. Like the, especially if like Rob Thomas is jumping on like the Veronica Mars subreddit or whatever the fuck, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Subreddit sucks. He's definitely not on. There, yeah. I can tell you that I much. But I don't think that creators are typically trolling us. I think that they're just trying to make good stories do they always succeed? Not even Rob Thomas always succeeds because like no. some Veronica Mars stuff has been very, very, very bad. Like really bad. Like I was going to ask, what is your least favorite plot point or storyline in the Veronica Mars universe? There was a point, And I don't know if it was just because I don't know why they were doing it this way, where they kind of like, they were going to reveal who her rapist was. And they re-revealed it six times over the course of that year. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And I was like, why are, are we so focused on this? Like, can, like if we're, we're going to do the reveal, just do the reveal and like let her confront the guy. Yeah. Don't do this unreveal shit and go back to this well over and over. This That, that was where I was like, this is exploitative. Yeah. It feels like, like we're just going back to the rape well in quotes. I'm saying quotes. Yeah. For drama. Yeah. As opposed to just dealing with it and like finishing the story, but it's like, oh boy. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, my least favorite part is linked to that because when they were going back to the whole rape reveal thing and they revealed that Duncan and Veronica had consensual sex, or it was kind like both mutually unconsensual. I don't fucking. Like, well, they're both uh, drunk or something. Yeah. Or like, I mean, she was drugged and he was plastered. So, like, they boinked or whatever. Yeah. And I guess that's consensual. But like at that point, that's a super moral gray area that I don't even want to talk about. Yeah. But then they go back and they're like, Veronica, you're my, you could be my sister. Why oh, that. do that? <laughs> Why? That. Oh my God. That was the fucking Because they had to get, they had to spend a year getting her with Logan. Uh, which even then, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just kind of watch the show yeah. a lot of the time. So like the relationship stuff, I was always like, yeah. All right, this is a little like let's be clear. soap opera. Yeah, let's be clear. We both really like Veronica Mars, but there oh, are yeah. some moments in that show where you're like, what the fuck? You're just like, yeah, I remember the sister one. You're right. The sister one, it was those two things. I think it was season two when oh, those, yeah. those happened too, right? That's when things were going off the rails. Yeah, they were going way back to the well and like trying to retcon stuff from the first season. I was like, oh, all right, we are, there's something going on here. Yeah. We need to condense this a little bit. Maybe get back to that bus incident that was really interesting. Yeah. Also, do you notice that a young Jessica Jones got her start on this show? Got her start? Well, she was definitely like, yeah, she's... 
I remember her on Veronica Mars. Was Kristen Ritter on something else before Veronica Mars? No, I think this might have been her first thing. I think this was her first thing. You're right. Yeah, because this is like way back, 2003, man. It's got to be pretty early. Like 2003, she's our age. She would have been like just out of college-ish age to when that happened. Before she was on Veronica Mars, like this was her, I guess her foray, but she was in the movie Mona Lisa Smile. I remember her from that with uh, Julia Roberts and Kristen Well, it was the first time I noticed Notice Kristen Ritter was definitely on. Yeah, Veronica uh, Mars. Mars. Yeah, that she, was the first time I saw her. Yeah. She was uh, on like eight episodes, so she was like a pretty big. She's in the movie too. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and she yeah. she was also on Gilmore Girls after that too. As oh, was she? Yeah. I, didn't, I don't watch Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because like it felt there was like this weird line my brain was drawing between like the the old like Nancy Drew kind of trope. Mm. And yeah. then, like, it comes down through Veronica Mars and then goes directly through. And, like, Kristen Ritter basically is that line, like, right from Kristen Ritter in Veronica true. Mars over to Jessica Jones. Like, that's an interesting little line that they had got there. And, like, I, it took me a second to actually put the, the math together where I was like, oh, shit, Kristen Ritter was on Veronica Mars for, like, at least one season. Yeah. Right? If not a couple other appearances on top of that. Yeah. So. I think mis- yeah. mystery shows in particular and, like, because Veronica is not a powerhouse like Jessica Jones. Like Jessica Jones, even Jessica Jones doesn't have that many fight sequences, or at least no. it's all about outwitting your opponent. And like Veronica mm-hmm. plays a really multiple games of chess at the, the same time when she's handling multiple cases with multiple yeah. people. She's in deploy master. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Sometimes it's <laughs> Veronica Mars, the Mars credo. So yeah, basically like, I think that's why it's women in mystery roles are, like have always been an important like stepping stone for women as like main characters. Got Nancy Drew, yeah. Miss Marple. Yeah. I was just thinking about like Miss Marple, like yeah, Agatha Christie stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, Murder. She wrote, but I was even thinking Murder. She wrote. Yeah. That was the one I was thinking <sighs> of. It's Murder. She wrote. I recently rewatched Murder. She wrote. I know that sounds geeky, oh, but I Jesus, love it really? so much. I love, <laughs> it's honestly it's geeky because it's fucking weird like that's just fucking weird dude it is a wholesome as fuck show in spite of all the murder that happens like angela lansbury is so delightful <laughs> it is basically miss marple yeah but angela lansbury is a delight to watch on screen no matter what she's doing it's interesting but, but that lineage of female detectives like whether it be on tv or in novels or even comics i guess like jessica jones is a comic book character yeah. originally yeah. veronica mars has existed in the comic book world a number of times as well yeah. i just like that interesting and i'm always like a detective i'm a sucker for a good detective story right yeah. dad was always feeding me those sherlock holmes stories right yeah. so and buffy had her moments of that too definitely like yeah. along with the scoobies yeah. like they had to figure out what what is the supernatural thing that we're dealing with kind of thing which uh, yeah yeah i think that that's one of the strengths of veronica mars is that like they take that and elevate it because veronica yeah. is not just like a miss marple or poirot who's just gonna like solve the mystery and be kind of outside of things like she's in the nitty-gritty of all of the character interactions and yeah. does makes them pretty morally dubious decisions while still being the protagonist and like doing the thing and following leads, getting justice, all that stuff. You know, we root for her, but she's got some issues, you know, I like it. So that being said, before we again, before we move on to season four, because like, um, so Veronica Mars's relationships in the various uh, seasons She's been with a couple guys, and marshmallows love talking about Veronica Mars's ships, you know? Yes. And particularly Logan and Veronica, but who do you think 
Veronica Mars should be with. I actually think Leo is probably the best fit for her overall. Mm. Honestly, I don't know why, but I just like Leo the best. I have issues with Logan. He's kind of a shit. Like he, I know he's improved, and I actually like him as a character now. He's developed to the point in this season, or even like probably season three, four, or like the movie more, yeah. I guess. Like post-series. Yeah. He had developed to the point where I was like, oh, wow, I don't hate him anymore. Yeah. And I know he's there's back there's tragic backstory and stuff like that, but he is just kind of like rich scumbag. And before we so move like, on, huh. there's going to be spoilers from season for season four from now on in. So like, get ready yeah, for yeah, spoilers. Yeah, because yeah, then they fucking blow him up. So yeah, I was like, oh man, but you finally get a year where he's a character that I'm like, I don't hate this guy, mm-hmm. and then you blow him up. I was like, oh well, why did you do that? Like, is the show not coming back? Are we never getting any more? I don't know. What's, I don't know what's happening. I'm hoping it's a fake out, but honestly, but like, uh, anyway, yeah, I think honestly, I like that there's the way that they write Veronica and Leo always has this kind of effortless quality to it, which is probably. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. They get together and they've got like a good patter where I'm like, oh, I like that. Like they, 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 they feel cute together. Yeah. Whereas like with Logan, it's, I mean, yes, it's, it's very much the, it's like. It's the Buffy Angel thing, yeah. right? Tragic. Where it's like the drama oh, and huge yeah. and tragic and like this huge, yes, exactly. Like mm-hmm. almost Greek style fucking tragedy that surrounds their star-crossed love or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, man, honestly, he's just kind of a douchebag and he's kind of an asshole all the time. Yeah. <sighs> all right. I guess, you know, like I get he's good looking. Absolutely. Yeah. But like, whew. Yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons that they'd never let Veronica and Leo be together is that like Veronica is very much attracted to tragedy. Like she, um, she doesn't, I think she doesn't trust her life if it's easy. And so things with Leo are just too easy for her and she gets bored or something. But that becomes a point in season four where like, as Logan has developed as an adult and has become like an adult and like gone to therapy and worked his issues out and like, doesn't fucking, put his hand through the fucking wall all the time. Like he did when he was a teenager and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. She's less interested. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like you are fucked up. And I actually, like, I know a bunch of people were like, why is Veronica such a piece of shit? And I'm like, I liked that. She was fucked up. Yeah. Cause otherwise what's the fucking point? If she's perfect. Yeah. What are we doing here? There's no point in the character. If she's perfect. Yeah. Right. I think that she's a human girl. And I think that that speaks to woman, like I guess. woman. Yeah. She's <laughs> they're all now, right? Like I, I still think of her as teenage high school Veronica Mars, even though Kristen Bell and I are like the same age and Kristen Bell is ageless. And that's true. It's true. Like, she showed up on camera and I'm like, I, how long has it been? Like, when did they shoot this? Cause I don't really know. Yeah. But like, honestly, she still plays young characters with her voice acting. Like as Anna, she is playing a teenager. So like, she's just got that youthful quality to her, I guess that like, like who knows how old she's supposed to be in good place, right? Like how old Eleanor is supposed to be. Right. That's true. Like like in her twenties, obviously, but like, or whatever, but (laughs) like it's so ambiguous. Yeah, exactly. That's another show we should do an episode about. Yes, please. Just so funny. And I just started rewatching season three. Yeah. Like I must not have been paying attention because I was rewatching season three. I was like, man, I don't remember any of this, but yeah, fuck this show's funny. Yeah, this is a funny goddamn show. Once that show is finished, because they've got a planned arc for that for five seasons, let's do. Uh, oh, do they? Yeah, for yeah, nice. because every TV show that that Kristen Bell is associated with, I tend to really enjoy. So and so anyway, in terms of relationships, like I also think that Leo is. The best choice for Veronica. I do find Logan attractive in a bad boy kind of way. 
but like yeah i get that but like he's such a douche too like he's just such a douche i was kind of pissed that they ended up turning the ashmore into such a douche too you know one you know how she dated one of the ashmore twins oh yes 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 not iceman though right the other one is it i did the other one i'm sure it's not iceman yeah i'd have to look but like i don't care enough to really say yeah we'll assume it's not iceman I think it's not Iceman. Yeah. This show has a, a tendency to like take these characters that seem like pretty normal on the surface and then at the last minute turn them into total shit heels. Yeah. And so, <laughs> they love that trope. They actually. love that. And so it was kind of weird to me. Like, and they did that in season four as well. Like they, they did not shy away from that at all. And so I could have been rooting for the Ashmore, but overall, like, I think Leo and Veronica are my favorite pairing. But I understand why people like Logan Veronica for the same reason people like Buffy and Angel. Honestly, it's good. And that's the funny thing. Like, I'm a bangle guy. Like, I get it. I understand. I get it. But like Logan and Veronica just always drove me insane. Yeah. I just, I don't know why. Probably because I have a crush on Kristen Bell and yeah. whatever. <laughs> that's fair. I wasn't going to be happy with anybody, but I like Leo. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah. Because, I don't know. Leo was approachable and also, and let us never ever speak of duncan kane again because that act- one, oh yeah he's the first the first he's the first dude yeah. like, that actor's done nothing what is where because he he's bad at acting yeah he's terrible he was like honestly i like sorry, it's crazy man, when you look like, back yeah. at that first season and like see all the actors on that show and you're like the two girls who were the leads on the show who were Kristen bell and we forget to mention that amanda seafried yeah was lily kane throughout like season one and two like on the flashbacks yeah. and stuff just crushes it like she's so good so it's like good. bubbly watchable like inappropriately sexy like the entire yeah time. doing like you're doing her full black dahlia thing like i don't know oh yeah it's absolutely so good just crushing it just crushing it there, yeah, yeah so like the like the, the acting on the show actually is something we should totally shout out because it's way above like it's at that buffy level where it's just like why is this so good yeah like it has no business being this well acted yeah for a cw show so yeah exactly i think that it speaks to First of all, the writing. There's a lot yeah, to work Rob with. Rob Thomas is a good writer. Yeah, there's a lot to chew on. And so the actors are given the opportunity to act the shit out of certain parts. And you get that from weird places. Like, not every actor on the show is amazing. They range from terrible, Duncan Kane to incredible, yeah. Kristen Bell and... Uh, oh, well, Enrico Caltani. Like, that's amazing. Like, I mean, Asafri was great. Yeah. I'm trying to think that the guy, uh, Percy Diggs-Williams, yeah. who's... Plays Wallace, Wallace who's fucking him. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the name, the girl who played Mac. I wish, because she didn't show up in season four and I was pissed and I love her. But she was always really good. But they were such like a fun, like cameo show too, because it was all these Buffyverse people showing up. Like Alexis Denisoff shows up and Charisma Carpenter's there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Allison Hannigan, I think, is Logan's older sister, I want to say. Yeah. At some point, yes, right? That's true. So, yeah, it was really good. All those Buffy, all that like continuity. I think. Joss even has like a little cameo. He plays car rental guy in one episode or something like yeah. that. And it season and Kevin Smith actually has a cameo in this show as well. I just think he was a convenience store clerk that was there. I think when the, the bus crashed. Oh yeah. Like, I think was, That's right. I think that was Kev. That's right. I think it was Kev. Too. Yeah. I think you are correct. Good old Kev. Good old Kev, you know, just showing up where you least expect them to. Wherever they'll pay him to show up is where Kev's going to be. Yeah. Is the answer to that. But I. Did we figure this one out? What are we looking for now? I went off on a ramble and I forgot. Yeah. Oh, who played Mac? The, the actress who played uh, Mac? Tina Majorino. Yes. She's very yeah, good. Yeah, Tina Majorino. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. So, like, yeah, no, they, like, the series has a, like a strong 
pedigree of like good young actors and they got some like heavy hitters to come in and play the parents kind of a riverdale-esque idea where they've got these like big name actors from like the past coming in and playing the parents and stuff like that because like the Eccles, the senior Eccles, right mm-hmm. were both big soap opera actors and stuff like that from like the 60s and 70s and 80s i yeah. guess they were kind of coming forward and you know vamping up like crazy on this like cw show and like because they got to play it like it was this big soap opera right the, the parent characters yeah because they're in the background more whereas like you get to play like the real stuff with the kids, but like they're in the background having all their affairs and doing drugs and killing themselves and all that craziness. But they were all really good yeah. too. So the guy, I re- also really like the guy who plays Weevil. Yeah, he's one of those guys I was thinking about where he's like maybe not the strongest actor, but he does a really good job, and in like the material role. works for him really well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like he does, he's like he's perfect for the role. Obviously, I think they wrote that role around him. But who, play- uh, who plays Weevil? Yeah, I always like Weevil. I'm gonna look up his name because I. Francis Capra. Yes, yeah. Francis Capra. Very, very good. I, I like him in this role. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. But I'm pretty sure this is all he does, really, is the Veronica Mars stuff. Mm, maybe. I always liked him as Weevil, so I like Weevil. Yeah. And that's the funny part about the show. It's like one of these shows where it's like, it, like I liken it, it's, it's funny because I probably watched them around the same time, but I liken it to Deadwood and that it's just a world that I want to, and it's funny that they're both three season long shows that got canceled. Yeah. And worlds are like full of the shittiest people that you'll ever meet in your entire life. Yeah, but like it's such a lively, rich world that you just want to go into like every little corner and kind of discover all the secrets of. You know what I mean? Like both worlds are kind of like that. And I love that about this. Like it's the reason why, like, now I'm thinking about going back and just rewatching Veronica Mars from the beginning again. Mm -hmm. Because I kind of just want to get back in there and like, yeah, do all the the scummy season one stuff again because it's a fun ride. Even if I do know the end. Which is what I think season four was trying to accomplish, which I think it did in some ways. So let's talk about that. Season four, what are your general thoughts on season four? Well, I like extricate myself from the romance conversation, basically. It's like, I don't care about any of that stuff. So I was just watching it to watch like a Veronica Mars mystery plot. Mm -hmm. And in that way, it was a very over the top Veronica Mars mystery plot. And I had a lot of fun following it for eight episodes. Did it go a little bit batshit at the end? Yes. Was I expecting it to go a little over the top and batshit at the end? Absolutely. I was Mm -hmm. because like they're coming back. They got to do something big, right? Would I prefer it if it had been a little bit more grounded and not as just like all the media is involved and like all this craziness and bombers and stuff like that. If it had been a smaller kind of story, mm-hmm. probably would have enjoyed that a little bit more, but that's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to do like the big blow up, you know, get some attention, get people's eyes on the show. Fine. I think they did it basically what they could do with that. Mm-hmm. And we got it like four out of five star season because of it. So I'm cool. Yeah, I think so. I think that overall the writing and character development was pretty solid you can make an argument that the veronica mars logan eccles relationship was bad part of the season but i kind of disagree like i i started off being kind of like why is veronica being such a horrible person to logan when he's trying so hard then i realized oh it's because veronica's actually a bad person and that's okay like she's like she just does not process things in a mature way and he's actively trying to do that because he thinks that's what she wants and he and that's what he needs for his life. Well, that's because that's what she's she keeps saying to him is she wants him to grow yeah. up, right? Like she's been saying that the entire time they've been together. So he finally does, and then she kind of turns it on him, and he's like, "Well, which one of us has the problem here?" There was this great line from a Mitski song on her third album where she says, "Like when I was so young, I behaved twenty five, and now I've grown into a tall child." And I feel like that's what happened with Veronica is that she matured so quickly to a certain point in a certain way. 
And then she yeah. just kind of stopped because this is what was working for her. And she'd never learned really how to grow because she had to grow so quickly and she just stopped. And she, yeah. she's basically the same person. Yeah. She grew to the point where she had her shell around yeah. her and knew how to like defend herself properly from everything. Yeah. And then just shut down. Yeah. Which cool. Yeah, it was realistic. Like, I get it. I, I fit. Yeah, it's realistic. Yeah. Considering what she goes through, like, I mean, I mean, the story is pretty tragic if you like really look at it. Yeah. Just do the top points of it. Like, yeah, she's had a rough fucking go. Yeah. So, like, she grew up too fast, and we know that because we watched her grow up too fast on the yeah. show. And then, yeah, she reacts poorly to stuff as an adult because that kind of shit fucks you up as an adult. Yeah, so it really does. Go. So, well, like, when people were getting upset about that, like, I was reading reviews that were upset about that. I was like, why are we upset that she's an actual human character? Like, I don't understand what the problem is. Like, it didn't, I mean, I know you wanted to be the hero, but like, I don't always want Mike. I can't have every hero be Captain Picard. They can't all be Superman. They can't all be perfect. Yeah. Right? It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's why I like, I kind of like Angel a little bit better than I like Buffy because Angel's a way worse person than Buffy is at his core. Yeah. But it means he has to try twice as hard and probably even more than that, like, for, like factor of whatever. Yeah. To, kind of hard to make up for what he has done on top of be that good person. Yeah. Right? And Veronica's kind of the same way where she's like, not always the best person has to try that extra step to be a good person. Cause yeah, obviously will fall into like shitty behavior yeah. almost immediately. If she lets herself, yeah. cause she thinks in a very Machiavellian way yeah. all, all the, the time. time. So She's, it, it's always like, if she can see the logic in a particular mo- course, of course of action, then she will follow it to the nth degree, yeah. which was really displayed very well in her friendship with Kirby Howell Baptiste, the woman who plays, oh, what's her character name? Nicole. Nicole. You know, the, the bar owner that she'd be friends. Oh, okay, the bar owner. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, sorry. Yes. She was one of my favorite characters. Could not remember my friggin', like, I couldn't remember her name yeah, either. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, so she, there's this niggle of doubt in Veronica's mind about Nicole, and she goes ahead and plants a bug in her office. Yeah, she blows up her whole relationship with her friend. Yeah. Just because she's got that little bit of a doubt in her mind, yeah. like the obsessive compulsive nature of that was just like, I was like, oh man, Veronica, you really got to get your shit under control. Yeah, And then she is like fundamentally trying to be a good person. And she thinks that telling the truth is always the right course of action. So she tells Nicole that she's been spying on her and listening to her have sex basically on her fucking desk and shit like that. Like, yeah. she so she thinks she has a good moral compass, but it's all, she's always so big picture. She makes all of these horrible choices because of that. She needs Mm -hmm. to follow the lead. She always needs to follow the next trail and people complaining about that character, the fact that she has that flaw, but that's what fundamentally makes her Veronica. So yeah, like that is Veronica. So like, if she doesn't have that flaw, you're not the character anymore. Why are we here again? It's like one of those, like, what do you want? From this this character, I got what I wanted from the character. Yeah, she was kind of shitty. Yeah, she had to grow a little bit. If we're gonna do this, I want to see the character develop, not just you know be the same character from the beginning of the story and at the end of the story. She should develop as the plot develops. On top of that, like yes, this is a plot driven show, but this is also a show that uses that plot to develop the characters along with it. So, and we see we see Kristen Bell after she or Veronica after she's like flirted a bit with Leo and she's starting to try with Logan, you know, like she's like deciding to follow Logan's lead 
a little bit near the end of the season. And then, you know, the the big final twist happens. If there is a season five, we'll see where it goes. But like, yeah, she, she does see maybe because of her relationship with Nicole that she is a horribly shitty person sometimes. It was nice yeah. to see that arc and have her face up to that aspect of her character. I liked that. Yeah, I was I enjoyed that because like that's one of those things that like she doesn't have to do very often. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like I think it's the Wallace character in the series that really gets to call her on that yes. kind of shit a lot, which I always enjoyed. And I again, not enough Wallace. Not enough show. Wallace. That's my big takeaway. Like, why is there not more? I mean, I know he's doing his own thing and stuff, but like, man, I miss yeah. Wallace and I miss Mac too, especially because I knew in the movie like they. Like Mac was joining the team at the end of the movie, right? Like that was kind of what was implied. Yeah. And then she wasn't there because of scheduling or whatever. And I get it. That sucks. Yeah. But I was just like, that bums me out because I really like that Mac character. And like that triumvirate of like characters, yeah. by the time they got to season three, were working really nicely as a little unit, kind yeah. of. Like they, if they had another year, I think they would have been like, oh yeah, these three should go do something together, yeah. right? But they just didn't get yeah. there. I think that what they were trying to convey was that like Wallace is in the camp of people who have moved on and grown up and developed as people. Yeah. And like he invites Veronica into his world as it, to create a sense of normalcy for her. Like, because her, she doesn't get that with her father. Like that's the, they are no. in the life of the PI. Yeah. And when yeah. Wallace is like a little bit of a respite and you can see how uncomfortable she is at all times when she's in the home, yeah. she bristles at everything. She enjoys being with Wallace and she enjoys like interacting with his kid, but yeah. she's just like, I got to get out of here. I got to go like, go do detective things like now. Why, why, yeah. why am I at a dinner party kind of thing? And you can yeah. see Logan just very comfortable and he's kind of grown up and accepted this version of adulthood, but she just can't do it. Yeah. I kind of understand where she's coming from. I'm this, like, I have that, inclination sometimes we're like like oh my god i have to sit here with these people and their kids like mm-hmm. yeah and for me it's more because i don't relate to it because i don't have that in my existence on a day-to-day basis yeah. but like she was like actively like fuck this like get me out of here and it's, it's yeah I mean, yeah so anyway given that like so we didn't get enough wallace we got a lot of keith though and we had his storyline with his oh god it was so scary uh... <sighs> oh keith why are they doing this to us it was like Oh man, that was rough. I, it's such like the adult fear too, like your parents getting sick and yeah. shit like that that they're playing to. Because you know that like the audience is us, yeah. right? Like they they know who their audience is, so they're like, hey, you know what? Something's you're gonna have to start dealing with you mid thirties fucks. Yeah. <laughs> your parents are gonna start getting sick, suckers. And I was like, oh god, I don't need this right now, you assholes. Yeah. Thanks, but yeah, no, that was. That, but you know what, man, he fucking kills. He's so good, mm-hmm. and like he like that whole scene where he finally has to like tell Veronica, and he basically can't like he's just, just stammering it out and stuff i was like oh man keith fucking can i give you a hug buddy like you need yeah. a hug i felt real bad for him there i, I felt that yeah for for the both of them but yeah particularly for keith yeah, but absolutely. like when veronica has that moment with logan near the end after she's found out and she's just like yeah. she can't fucking deal with it like it was yeah. that was a little, a little real, a little, a little too real, a little man. Too real. A little too real, a little too real, a little yeah. too real, a little too real. Yeah, yeah. But that's like that's this show, right? Like the show's so fuck. Like it does that. Like, and that's why I compared it to The Wire of all things, because like sometimes it gets into shit. Like you don't see this kind of stuff on like every TV mm-hmm. show handled this way a lot of the time, because it takes him a while to like 
he goes and goes to the doctor and he starts realizing he's having a problem. He's in denial about it. And he does the whole bit and he almost like burns the fucking house down or the office down. I guess it's the office or the mm-hmm. office. And like, he has to have that moment where he turns to Veronica and it's like, my shit's fucked up. Like I have, to, we have to, like, we have to have that conversation yeah. now. And like, you can see them, neither of them want to have it. I'm like, Oh man, this is good. These guys are good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, yeah. These two characters, these two man, characters and those two actors, like they play off yeah, each every other time, man. so well, every single time they're on screen together. I'm like, I'm always entertained. More of this, always man. more of that, more yeah. of this. Yeah. More of that. I love them. That was a rough one though. Like that was an arc on the show that I was like, not prepared for. Yeah. That they handled very well, mm-hmm. but was just like, whew, that was trying emotionally. Yeah, sure was. So, good for you. Yeah. So, now that we've kind of gone over the major characters, like, I like where they took Logan until they fucking blew him up. So, whatever. We didn't see it happen, man. Like, at this point, it doesn't die on camera, it didn't die. Like, that's just how this show yeah. works. Like, I know they said, and like, I'm sure they buried him and stuff like that. Like, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Like, there's no way she would ever believe he's dead if she didn't find a body. It's but an like, empty casket. Hey. Where is that yeah, right. Blah, blah, blah. If yeah. that's gonna- all this uh, shit, I, I'm sure that's, like, totally a thing. But, like, when this comes back in three years, we'll have all forgotten exactly what happened anyway. So I guess they'll probably think they can get away with it. So there's, like, there's an easy way to retcon this in that, like, they really want Jason Doring to come back. It's like, oh, he planted the bomb himself as a cover, so he'd go super, super deep undercover as naval officer whatever the fuck he is like green beret whatever yeah, he's like james bond so, or i guess shit. So. yeah i don't know and so he yeah so they could totally just fix that if they want to so i'm not too worried about it if they don't want it to like go back to the logan well for a season i that's fine i'd take a season off yeah. i'd like go hang out with leo man like she's gonna go bomb around do other stuff go do yeah. leo why not i'm just gonna say yeah. it or hey go hey we it. forgot about a relationship because i forgot about piz she could go. Uh, oh, <laughs> I like that they made a joke about him. That was fucking funny to me that they made a joke about him at the yeah, very yeah, least. Yeah, where like Leo like, is back, and then Logan's all like, "Logan's like, hey, Piz is back there too. Do you want to say hi? Like, hey, Piz, come out and say hi." I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah." yeah he was a milk toast little guy, yeah. wasn't he? Sad. Uh, yeah, there's no way Veronica can have like a normal boyfriend. I guess. I guess. No, I mean Leo's pretty normal considering. Yeah, but like, she never chooses him. She never chooses. No, him. I know. Yeah. No, but I mean, at this point, if Logan's dead, come on, <laughs> what else is she going to do? He's single. Yeah, that's so, it's so great. Hello, silver medal. Hello, Leo. <laughs> you know, hey, you know what? In your mid thirties, you take that fucking win where you can get it. My friend. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose you're right. I don't know. <laughs> and are you going to say no to Kristen Bell? No, no, no. Well, you are, but I mean, like, am I going to say no to Kristen yeah. Bell? No, no. Yeah. Fair, fair. We, we all love Kristen Bell. She is the best. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So now that we've got the character stuff out of the way, let's talk plot. So well, the general no. plot of this season is that Neptune has a bomber. It's spring break and Neptune and people hate spring break. And I imagine if you lived in Southern California or Southern Florida, yeah, you would hate spring break. But a lot of yeah, everyone break. else loves spring break if you live in the midwest i guess and you're a college student you want to like do the do the thing this is one of those things that as a canadian is extremely hard to relate to is the spring break like event like we never did this stuff so i don't really know we have reading week and like people didn't go away on really because like like, reading weeks in february 
And like it's, yeah. it's more expensive to travel, like to fly out of Canada is more expensive. You'd have to like go to Buffalo and then take a cheap flight to Florida if you wanted to do. I mean, we could have done that because where we live is not a problem. Like, not everybody has that like weird. We can go to the Buffalo airport if we need to sketch out on a cheap yeah. flight and get to Vegas real cheap, like we all did all yeah, the time. Correct. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, I don't really get spring break. Like for us, reading week was like actually doing homework and papers while also drinking way too late at the bar well i mean i was on campus working anyway by the time that happened so like reading we just meant like it was a real quiet week on my office basically for me it was just spending a shit ton of time at the merchant ale house i think and i would always meet you guys after office hours so so yeah during our the spring break in neptune they blow up the motel that tends to house all the students and people die And we get our cadre of suspects for the bombing have various motivations and whatnot. Because there's a specific group of people that die that I did kind of like, I was trying to figure out. Because it's been like a week since I watched this and I didn't feel like rewatching it because I was watching all this other stuff. Also, I wanted to watch Avengers like six times. So I kind of, you know, did that. But like in there, there's like, so there's the the nerd kid who who goes down there to get the Wi-Fi check, but who's also the nephew of the cartel kingpin impresario guy, right? There's the rich couple who are trying to get out of the their room at the Neptune Grand this little Neptune Motel, Motel and go to Grand, the Grand. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the senator's nephew. The senator's brother. Senator's little brother, I think, right? I thought it was because the other guy was his brother. I thought it was his brother's no, 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 son. No, 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 no. Either way, it could be. I an, think because those, those two are brothers because the mother character is like a super bitch about him because it, it was yeah, his everything. fiance that got murdered. Yeah in the the explosion so i think that it was like they were both her sons and she was super disapproving of him marrying a white trash girl basically yeah she totally was yeah and well her family was anyway we don't know much about her yeah because she got she got blown up real early before we got to figure it out that's true yeah that's right so who else died so there was the fiance there was the geek boy there was the father of the the father the owner who's the owner of the hotel hotel and the um the douchebag guy that looks like the date rapist who like got killed super early to kill off the bro. You, they killed off the bro really early. Like this guy who was being yeah, an yeah, asshole through right. the whole episode, and we get a little bit of like um, Schadenfreude with him getting blown up. But it's still really tragic and sad because other people died too. Yeah, but like we're also like so just outside of that though is the owner's daughter has gone out to get her homework out of her car, and Patton Oswalt returns as the police delivery guy actually has a role this time because i'm pretty sure he was on the show as a pizza delivery guy before like this is a recurring role he did right like he's been pizza delivery guy on veronica mars before Uh, we can look it up let's take a look yeah we should look it up but either way so he gets there they're both outside and get injured in the blast right like he catches a piece of shrapnel and she gets to basically watch her dad burn from outside the you know hotel that has now exploded so that's kind of like that's the first episode in a nutshell like we kind of catch you up with everybody and then we kind of it's really odd, too, because they spend, like, it's almost like a Rashomon moment, or like, maybe it isn't, I that's the wrong word to use, but it's, like, hard cut away from Veronica and anybody you know, and you just go hang out with these other characters for, like, 15 minutes as you go from group to group to group, and everybody ends up in the lobby, and then boom happens, and then Veronica comes back as a voiceover to kind of walk you out, and that's kind of the season setup. Mm-hmm. Did you figure out who it was? Uh, no, he, I, I guess he did not have a role previously. I think this was, the, like... Oh. He was this character. I thought it was like a cameo or a walk-on. Maybe it's, I'm thinking of another show. Maybe I'm thinking of like Community because I was just watching that and he's had walk-ons on yeah, that show yeah, too. Because yeah. he's the nurse, yeah. right? 
he's the guy who does that kind of walk on stuff all the yeah. time too. He likes to he likes to pop in here and there. He was on Parks and Rec doing that fucking amazing yeah. filibuster <laughs> where he talks about merging yeah. the MCU and the Star Wars universe. Uh, I love Patton Oswalt. God damn it! Probably fifty years down the line, you'll see uh. it be Darth Vader versus Wolverine. Like uh. that movie's happening. We won't be alive to see it, man. It'll be well past oh, us, good. so don't worry I'm about good. it. Can't. Also, you know, the Earth will cook itself in the next twenty years. Let's so not I mean, talk about that. that problem to deal with so, as well. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't handle that right, right now. All right. So yeah, we get the Rashomon moment, and it all converges on the cadre of suspects. There are several red herrings and various people that Veronica needs to cross off her list before she can narrow down who her main suspects are. And it fluctuates throughout the season as it did in the first season, the second season, and the third season. So, I mean, the first thing we're introduced to is basically Big Dick Casablancas is back in town mm -hmm. and is hanging out with J.K. Simmons an awful lot. Yeah. Which is great because fuck yeah, J.K. Simmons being in everything. You know, I'm like just it. show up and fucking be awesome. And you can tell, I think he must be buddies with Enrico because they just had all those scenes together where they're just like, hey, we're just going to shoot the shit yeah. and fish. Yeah. And do this, like they're just doing yeah. all this other like broy stuff together. And I'm like, they must be buds in real life, and they shot the whole thing around. That's what yeah. it felt like, anyway. J.K. So. Simmons like just commands oh, so a room. You know, there's something about his presence that is just amazing. It's the voice, yeah. it's the facial expression, it's just poised, man. He's poised, poised as fuck. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and so we get with the cartel and J.K. Simmons character and the prison background with him and Dick and uh, the PCHers also getting scooped in along with the cartel. We have a lot yeah. of criminal elements. Where well, they're almost like crossing, like crossing paths too. Cause like the, the Fitzpatrick's get involved at yeah. one point, right? Cause the guy worked for the Fitzpatrick's who are like the longtime Russian or Irish mob that are located in Neptune. And they're kind of affiliated with the bikers and stuff yeah. like that. And the white trash family of the fiance are apparently like, super fucking assholes who are like super racist militant militant yeah, racist racist and stuff like yeah that. yeah it's crazy Where, when they're like tying up the senator and trying to torture him and shit like that to get the ring that was yeah not a fun scene to watch because it felt a little too real yeah. again yeah it definitely definitely felt a little i mean like again veronica mars is the real shit you know what i mean like they really don't shy away from anything yeah. and that that felt i was almost like there was characters were almost a little too like on the nose what America's dealing with right now kind of yeah, stuff. And like, I'm glad that they didn't go sympathetic with these assholes. I was just kind of like, no, they no, were just greedy no. pieces <laughs> of shit who uh, started going after a Middle Eastern guy and I straight up called him slurs while they had him tied up and practically lynched him. So like, yeah, yeah, they we're not making any apologies to the MAGA crowd here. Fuck them. No. Fuck them. So yeah. 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 So like, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed fucking jason dowring basically doing his own stunts as he shit kicked both of them in that hotel room that was scene delightful. was not expecting that yeah yeah it was pretty nice um that big spin kick he pulls off i was like woof you got some air yeah. on that so good, good times. times yeah there are a number of suspects and we get introduced nicole yes we introduced nicole who's like yeah i guess is a suspect eventually i don't know i never really thought of her eventually because i didn't think of her as one at first no. at all like she was not on my list she was just like I just thought she was just another, cause they do this a lot where they have that extra inciting character. Who's usually a woman that Veronica Mars ends up being befriending. Mm -hmm. Who's a bit of a shit disturber as well, yeah. but a, a little bit more public shit disturber than Veronica is. Veronica's very behind the closed door shit disturber. Yeah. Whereas this lady is just like, no, 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 no. Shit disturb out and proud. Yeah. baby. And I was like, I like yeah. it. I had fun with her. That actress was great. She was a lot of fun to watch. Like that first scene, 
where she pulls those studded MMA clothes oh. out and hauls off on that dude. Oh. I was like, oh man, it was that's so great. good. And I know, like, that was great. it was great. And like, she was awesome on screen. Like, her character on The Good Place is wonderful too. Like, she's just a delight to watch on screen. But she's just she's got really good chemistry with Kristen Bell. Oh, that's right. She's the neuroscientist. Yeah, she, isn't she? is. She- it's the same actor. Oh my god, that's crazy. That's yeah, great. We yeah. we love her. Kristen Bell's just we're dragging her friends along for the ride. Yeah, eh? good, good, good. Because like, I'm surprised Chidi and Jamila didn't show up on Veronica oh, Mars this year in the background. Somewhere. I want Jason Mendoza on there. Give me some more Jason Mendoza. Yeah. Well, he plays scumbag real well. He would fit right in Neptune. I so. like him as dumb scumbag. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's great. Anyway, yeah, he's pretty funny. Yeah, we really need to do it. Good, good place. place, guys. You should totally watch. <laughs> we need to place. do an episode on that show. I love it so much. Yeah, no, so do I. I was just, like I said, I was just rewatching it because I needed more Kristen Bell, and I was just like, man, this show. Who is it well written? Like, it's like such a good. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like if you ever want to learn how to write a really good screenplay, go watch the Good Good Place and like analyze the way they put their shit mm-hmm. together because it's like math. Yeah, it's tight. It's so fucking crazy. Yeah, very tight. So, yeah, we've got a mystery. We have our suspects. We have the um, complicating factors of, like, the bigger crime syndicates that influence Neptune. And at the core of it, we have Veronica. And Keith, Keith, I mean, Keith's, you know, always trying to, he's working that case, too, sometimes. So the, the two of them are working the case. So I just didn't want to choose who I thought was the bomber because i knew that there was that's one of the things i'm like not super like i don't love about mystery stories sometimes is that like i know there's gonna be a twist so why even speculate like i know the speculation is part of the fun sometimes but yeah i think that knowing that there's going to be a twist there's a way to do a twist and a way not to do a twist like if you look at a classic of mystery like the murder on the orient express where everyone is a potential suspect and everyone turns out to be the murderer like they all all of them end up being judge jury and executioner on it such a a classic amazing twist whereas with tv and especially like this type of drama it tends to be kind of like oh okay i could see that but it doesn't have the impact I guess. Yeah. I I choose not to speculate because I just would like to enjoy the spectacle, I guess. Yeah, I think I kind of got into the same mode while I was watching this where like I know and I'm usually I like to figure out detective stories. That's like they're kind of my favorite thing to read. Usually is like detective stories I like to figure out what's going on. So in a Veronica Mars scenario, I'm like, oh, I want to know what's what's happening. But like I do find it like because of the way they write these. They're a little, they feel like they're written kind of smash mouth style sometimes mm-hmm. where like they're going to put a big red herring out for you or they're going to twist you in a way that like you weren't expecting the entire time. So you're going to end up being like, oh, all the stuff that I was reading was completely wrong because they went like left field and did like writer work kind of thing and like went the other way. So like I just I'm here for like the character interactions yeah. and the fun of her doing the investigation mm-hmm. is kind of why I'm here. I'm here for the process. I don't usually get super involved in because it's never, I mean, after the first season, it's never somebody, you know, really well. It's not like it's going to be one of the main characters, except for this season where I started thinking like, man, he's got military experiences and he just showed back up just as the bombing started again. Like this could be. Yeah. 
but yeah. either way. I think that one of the things about, yeah, having it be serialized and having to, like, you have to introduce all these new characters and we have to get to know them. And yeah. then one of them is going to end up being the bad guy because it's not going to be one of the previous yeah. ones after the first season. Like, and that can kind of affect the catharsis that we feel when we finally get the final reveal. And yeah. they really like to muddy the waters a lot in Veronica Mars. Like, even especially like season two is an excellent example of like, I gotta rewatch this. It's been there's so many fake outs and so many things. It's like when you finally settle on who the, the culprit was, it's kind of like, yeah. Well, I'm so exhausted from having believed that it was like six different people that I'm like, oh, so it's this guy now? Okay. Plus, it was brother, right? Beaver, it was Beaver, it was right? Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't remember hating that. Like, I thought that was probably like, that felt like a trap. Yeah. Property. But, but then, like, they went too far, like, to the left to get there, I think. And they the also made him <laughs> her rapist after oh that was yeah i mean that was my problem yeah. with it was like why why did they lump that story back into it that was just, it was weird like, that was too much yeah yeah like that was just too much yeah and so i think that like the lily kane catharsis was so good that yeah they did not match the magic here either but i wasn't expecting them to so like it, that didn't bother no. me very much my thing is you have this big red herring here you have jk simmons like that's a big fucking red flag right like it's a huge giant flash it's like this is the fucking bad guy because it's always the guy you recognize who the fuck else on this cast right now do you know that guy's j jonah jameson you know who he is yeah right? so i kind of immediately was going to him but then there's all kinds of other stuff and then what, what they end up going with where it's Patton oswald's character yeah I think. well it was he is a copycat bomber after the initial yeah. blast, which was Dick Casablancas doing it. Yes. And so we're, yeah, here's the reveal, guys. Dick Casablancas blows up the, that, that hotel. hotel. Because of the real estate scam he's yeah. been running. So we didn't talk about like what they're actually yeah. doing. They're buying up real estate on the cheap, but they're also using a lot of like dog whistly kind of scare tactics in the community. Talk about cleaning up and like this, that, and the other thing, which also is rhetoric. If you are an American listener, you should be very fucking familiar with right now because you're hearing it constantly. But they're talking about getting like tough on crime, cleaning up Neptune yeah. and getting tough on crime and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like lots of dog whistly shit that is again, super racist. Familiar if yeah. you're paying attention to American politics right now. But like, yeah, so they keep doing that stuff. He's responsible for the first bomb. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. And then, yes, Patton Oswalt picks up and starts doing the rest yeah. of them. I he, guess, gets, which... he gets a taste of fame uh, as a result of being uh, being on camera. That's right. Um, so many times doing interviews and positing his theories about who is the bomber. And he was right. It was Dick Casablancas the first time, but he wanted to continue. Yeah. So he be like, he wanted to become a personality. Yeah. Like he wanted to become and famous. And he became the bomber. And it was like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was like, wow. Storytelling personally. Makes sense. The problem was like the way they closed it off and it, it tracked enough for me, like where he's like, I'm going to be famous regardless. Cause that's just the way our society is mm-hmm. now. And I was like, fuck that sucks. And he's yep. right. And we are a scum society that should be eliminated from yeah. this planet. I mean, wait, did I say that out loud? I should stop saying that well, out loud. Yeah. It was like it made total sense. When he started saying that, I was like, ugh, that's the most cynical fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. But he's probably fucking yeah. right. Well, so, one of the things coming off of the... I haven't gone digging, so don't tell me if you know, but and I refuse to know. A, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the media around the, the Garlic Festival shooting that just happened in California, I don't know the, the shooter's okay. name. And I refuse to know the shooter's name. And like, I will. Oh, when did this happen? 
I haven't been on Reddit today. No, that was last week. Like, th- this is how mundane oh, this okay. fucking shit is at this point. So, yeah, like, I'm I, sure I saw it that day, but, like, it tracked out of the news cycle so fast that, yeah. like, like, it's hard. It's almost impossible to keep track of that stuff now because nobody covers it past the first day. Like, you hear about it. Yeah. Like, it tracks on the front page of Reddit or whatever, and then, like, you hear nothing again oh, ever. I know. It. And it's like, wow, that's... Is that where we're I at now? So. All right. God. Anyway, guess. so it makes sense in the grand scheme of things, and, like, I don't really remember, like, in the interim, Patton Oswalt's character seeming like a suspect in all of this kind of thing. Like, he does plant the bug in Mars Investigation. He's like, in the yeah, office, yeah. In the office. And he does some, like, shady things, but you, it seems like it's in the pursuit of justice overall. Yeah, because they play up, like, him being in that weird club, right, where he's, like, an amateur investigator. Or yeah, whatever. and they all discuss. And that was really fucking annoying. Yeah, the whole conspiracy. So. Oh, and the guy that is supposed to be like the super rich, annoying guy that we're supposed to hate along with Patton Oswalt in that. Yeah. And I'm like, why are, why are you? I don't like any of these characters. Why are you spending so much time with I hate them? that actor in particular, too. Like, he's like, he's like a shitty young version of the guy who used to play the PC on those, uh, Don Hodgman. Yeah. Who used to be on the Daily Show. He's like a shitty young version of John. And he's Hodgman. just not very. Does John Hodgman's? That's what I mean. But he's trying to do John Hodgman's bit, but he fucking sucks yeah, at he's it. Not funny. And it's like, no, yeah. so, that guy drives me fucking nuts. Yeah, and like I don't know, like all of the peripheral characters in that little secret society. Like I really, I even really didn't care much about Pat Oswalt for the most part. And I love Pat no, Oswalt. No. I really didn't care about his character at all because he seems so supposed to be like just an annoying antagonist, kind of like the scrappy character. And then him yeah. turning out to be the bomber, I was just kind of like, oh, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, all right. That's basically what I kind of I kind of shrugged it off when it happened. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. I mean, I guess it was the face I recognized, just not the face I wanted to watch have a giant villain soliloquy. Because yeah. when I was really looking back on it, I'm like, I love Patton Oswalt, but like villain soliloquy, not his forte. J.K. Simmons, on the other yeah. hand, was in Oz, so I know for a fact villain soliloquy up his yeah, wheelhouse. Definitely. So definitely. And like as we're going along, we like we get different hints at who could be the bomber, and we get like so Patton Oswalt, Dick Casablancas, or thrown out. Uh, Nicole is thrown out as a possibility. Yeah. Who else? There was the but only later on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, like after the the neck yeah. one, the guy, the guy who gets his head blown off. The show is very graphic this season too, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like lots of like very very on camera violence, which they never would have got away with on CW yeah. in two thousand and three. But like now they're on Hulu oh, streaming. Yeah, I know, right? Like hello Hulu. Yeah. I know we just watched the boys too, yeah. right? So. <laughs> there was also like the possibility that the daughter who became Veronica's protege throughout the season and started becoming mini Veronica Mars. Yeah. Which they didn't develop enough for them to be doing that. Riff. Yeah. Like she was around a lot, but I didn't find like they gave her enough time with Veronica to really like solidify that yeah. arc. So when she's at the end, like, oh, I'm going to be, like, the new Veronica in the office while you go off and, like, be famous private investigator around the globetrotting private investigator or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that feels a little kind of unearned because they didn't, I just didn't feel like they did enough yeah. with yeah. her. But I guess they did kind of, like, do the whole going to the Fitzpatrick's in ill-advisedly kind yeah. of thing, which is, like, a Veronica Mars trope. Like, you got to go in, like, fuck the Irish gangsters for yeah. a little while and get bailed out by somebody. Yeah, kind of thing, so yeah. She Veronica sure did that a lot, and oh yeah, man! Like at least twice a yeah. year, every time, yeah. always got herself because she is again like we love Kristen Bell and Veronica Mars is a badass character, but she is still Kristen Bell who is five foot two, yeah. 
maybe 98 pounds or something like that. She knows like her that. way around a taser like, and now a handgun. Yeah, she's good with a taser. Yeah, yeah now a handgun. That was that was kind of fun yeah. for me when she started whipping out the gun. I was like, oh, that's right. Grown up Veronica Mars, right? Like she could just whip out a, like nine millimeter. And okay. sure, why not? Yeah. Hey, your PIs, they all carry guns. Yeah. So. Also, they're in America. Like, yeah. Jesus. Kind of yeah, has to. Yeah, I guess so. So the overall plotting of the season was pretty good, but like none of the red herrings were tantalizing enough to chase. And so I didn't, again, I backed away from speculating. So it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. agreed. I think there wasn't really anything I was speculating on, which is like, I wonder how Dick and JK Simmons are working this deal was basically what Mm -hmm. I had the whole time. Like, that's what I was more curious about. I was like, what are they doing exactly? And like, why are they doing that? And like, who's backing them up? Like, is the Senator involved? Like, I thought it was a bigger conspiracy. Like I had a completely different story. Yeah in mind when they started doing all this stuff. And then I was like, Oh, they didn't go that way at all. I mean, they hinted at it a little bit, but then they didn't go that way. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, we haven't talked about like my least favorite and my most favorite character or new character this year were the two cartel guys. So Mm. I would refer to them because I didn't catch their names particularly, but Mexican Wolverine, Mm -hmm. who was just the coolest dude of all time. And then his schlubby douche buddy, who's an idiot, I guess, except (laughs) like, (laughs) <laughs> so these two guys just like wander around town causing kind of trouble trying to find out who killed the then we talked about the nerd at yeah the, the nephew of uh who was this the nephew of like a drug a king like a drug kingpin a mexican cartel boss and he sends his two buddies up there his two guys up there to f- find out who it was because his sister i guess or his wife i don't know really it sounded like he was it was his ex-wife that he wasn't super happy to see either way so he kind of like half-assedly sends his buddies to go check it out and get the you know, find the killer, yeah. right? Because they have that great, like that great bit where they've decapitated that other kid. Like, I know it's super grim, but like in a black comedy kind yeah. of way, where they're like, they realize they fucked up and they killed a kid for no fucking reason and his head's sitting on the counter staring at them. Jesus, and they're yeah. like, shit, what do we do with him? <laughs> it's like, this is so fucking dark, but my God, is it funny? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't know. The like <laughs> I was just laughing. I know it's not appropriate, but I'm a sick bastard. <laughs> just like oh yeah. ouch. Ugh. Like that's well, I shouldn't be laughing this hard at uh, that, but woof. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that scene that scene played really funny. Yeah. So a lot of their scenes, like there's that one scene near the end where they're sitting in the cafe and they're just like, isn't it nice to like I I feel safe and it's fine? And I'm like First of all, you guys are in Neptune. You're not safe. But second of all, like, they're just like... Well, to be fair, they are. Because, like, anybody who messed with them was going to get their head chopped basically. off. Like, those guys are scary. Yeah. So they were okay, I think. Yeah. They were just like, okay, we're just going to sit here in this cafe. And it's like, oh, yeah, if we were just the, like, bystander characters in Neptune, we would be fine unless we got blown up. And then the mayor of the city yeah. runs naked through the streets. And they're just all like, oh, okay. So it's not quite so normal here but like okay it's better than getting decapitated in mexico so it's fine i guess yeah (laughs) yeah i felt bad for that kid but i was just like wow this is like this is messed up they went yeah they they leaned heavily into the like rated r tvma yeah because like dick casablancas meets a bloody headless end and they show you like the business while that's happening so it was pretty intense they also show Maddie yeah. the entire thing. Who's the girl that ends up kind of becoming like pseudo Veronica at the end of the season. Um, she's right there and sees the whole thing, yeah. too, which is obviously going to be a little traumatic yeah. for her. And but. we also get like our 
pretty intense sex scene between Logan and Veronica after like they decide to like go the angry oh, sex like route. Yeah. yeah. I was I was like, ooh, spicy. This is a little spicy. Yeah. Like it's like almost topless, like almost yeah, topless. Kristen yeah. Bell a couple times. I was like, what? Pretty close. I was like, what? Like they really I was actually what I was impressed with. I, I rewound it, not because <laughs> I'm a pervert, I, partially because I'm a pervert. But like to watch oh. the choreography of the arms going back and forth to cover her, because they never you don't see right? anything, yeah. right? But it's always good hand back and forth. And I was like, they must have practiced that for fucking ever to get that yeah. down. Cause they're she's up and then he's down, and it's like it's perfect, like they just nailed yeah. it. Like sheets are going. Yeah. I was like, wow. It's clearly like a topless scene, but it's not. It's like yeah, it's very well choreographed. So kudos to you. Yeah. That's what caught my eye where I was like. I mean, like, obviously, yeah, topless. So I was kind of like, I was curious, but at the same time, yeah. I was like, man, they really, I don't, we didn't see anything and they choreographed yeah. around it. <laughs> I was like, that's really no good. No female presenting nipples allowed, even if it's a man in drag. You just can't do it on yeah, network weird. television. Yeah, but it's Hulu, so who cares? But anyway, I just thought it was very interesting. Like, I know it was sexy and stuff because it was a very sexy, like, intense sex scene, but I was like, they didn't show mm-hmm. anything. And she had her top off for like, a good couple seconds where I should have seen something, but they armed around it so well. I was like, huh, mm-hmm. man, whoever fucking coordinated that just killed it. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some special effects in there. Maybe a little blur here and there, a little, you know, probably. probably. Yeah. A little after effects mask yeah, yeah. here and there. I'll fix a lot yeah, of stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? But yeah, I was still like, wow, that's very impressive that they even thought to do it that yeah. way. So I was, I was just like, kind of like, whoa, this is a pretty intense scene from like these characters who like, Used to on a high school kids and were on a CW show. I was like, oh, this is like they really tone shifted dark and for and I think for the better because like I think for the better absolutely because I think that Veronica deserves a really mature storyline because she is now a she's not a peppy high school student anymore. No, she's like we're in our thirties. Yeah, and she's a battle hardened PI expert now. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think they logically could have gone lighter at no. this point because we've seen Jessica Jones. We have that character. Like that world exists. Like that's and that world is basically like this world in a superhero. Yeah. World. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's kind of the same well, thing we, and in a lot of ways. They could but they could have. They could have gone more cartoonish. And I'm glad that mm-hmm. they did not because like even when What for JJ or for this? For either one, honestly. Like Yeah. They could have leaned more into silly superhero mysteries with Jessica Jones, or they could have gone, they could have uh, done the... After Daredevil, yeah. though? They, <laughs> like, I don't think they're going to do that after Daredevil. Yeah, or they could have gone with the um, Veronica Mars movie route and, like, done the back to high school yeah. thing again, which, like, didn't work very well. But no, they did, like, a mature adult storyline with adult Veronica Mars, and they didn't lean too heavily into, like, her teenage protege like her they didn't treat her teenage protege as like a spinoff yeah and like tried to make us like her too much it's just like no she's she has her own agenda and she's pursuing this in a way that veronica would have when she was less experienced and i bought it yeah i wasn't mad at the time we spent with her so like i was no so mark what are your final thoughts on veronica mars season four like i liked this i go eight eight point five out of ten probably it's a solid season of V. I wrote V Mars basically V-Mars. in my yeah. notes. Yeah, just V Mars over and over again. So it was a solid season of Veronica Mars. Um, that obviously it had a couple problems, but I will never say no to Kristen Bell phrasing. And her playing V Mars again is a treat for me, almost on the level of Stuart coming back for Picard. I just love this character. So I'm like super happy whenever she's like, we're doing 
something Veronica Mars again, whether it be audio play, comic book, anything. I'm kind of on board. So if you are a Veronica Mars fan, I'm assuming you've seen this already and you're probably disagreeing with us about a bunch of stuff where we're like, we had a good time with it. So, I mean, what else could you ask for? You probably hate us for saying that. But if you're still curious and you're an hour and change into this podcast with us, um, I definitely recommend going for the ride. And if you really like are that curious, go back to high school, watch the whole goddamn show. It's fun fun little romp of a show again yeah like it's just that show canceled too early it's one of my favorite shows probably it's more top 20 than top 10 like we talked about but it's definitely a show that i'll rewatch again and i'll be adding this season to that run of it because more vmars is good vmars to me so yeah that's basically the end of it for that i'm pretty much on board with you too i give this like 8 8.5 it's probably about as strong a season as season two was overall and much better than season three. And we'll, we shall not talk about the movie, I guess, even though I really I gotta watch it again because like everybody hates it. And I'm, I feel like I've, I've seen it once or twice when it came I out don't hate, and I was kind of happy with it. I don't hate because it because it was just like more. Yeah, females, I just find but... now it feels so much more inconsequential. So like okay. I would still watch it just because I want to see more Mac and stuff like that. Like go back to certain characters. Yeah, I was going to say I like Mac yeah. a lot and I, I missed her this yeah, year. And, in and Veronica so. being a total bitch to her old high school nemeses is kind of fun to see when she's like back in the, the reunion thing oh that's yeah. right yeah yeah so okay. yeah but overall season four plotting wise i would say that it is on the weaker side because again this is a weird serialized mystery where you have the same character again and again and you have these season-long arcs it makes it difficult for us to really care about who the perpetrator is or at least it, it, that's mm-hmm. what the problem i had with this season but the ride overall and the characters and particularly Veronica and Keith's development this season was so good to watch. So I would highly recommend it if you're a Veronica Mars fan, even though a lot of Veronica Mars fans have having a lot of problems with this show this season. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because like I want to say, like, if you're a VMARS fan, you should like this. But like I've been looking at what VMARS fans are saying, and they're like, yeah. fuck this yeah. season of TV. Weird. And I was like, okay. Okay. I, I, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think that. Yeah, I would rate this pretty highly among the Veronica Mars seasons. And when I when I rewatch Veronica Mars, which is an inevitability, I will definitely yep. be including this in my run. I won't pretend that it doesn't exist like, you know, certain seasons of certain shows. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our last segment of the week is our geek cred, where we recommend something geeky that we've liked long ago. A long time ago, um, or something that we've been doing recently. So, Mark, what's your geek cred this week? Mine's a little bit of both, interestingly, like the way you described it. So, this week, uh, and I still think we need to consolidate these segments because, like, this is, I'm not this interesting. I said that last week, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> what we left behind, the Deep Space Nine documentary that we've been talking about, or I've been talking about for the past couple of years, actually finally came out and made its way to backers and stuff. So, I got a chance to sit down and finally watch it. If you're a Trek fan at all, I definitely think you owe it to yourself to sit down and watch this. As it died in the Wool Niner, I was like fighting back tears at some parts. I think there's something there for everybody, especially if you're a Star Trek fan. Deep Space was a special show, and for better or for worse, has had a pretty profound impact on Star Trek and sci-fi as a whole since its ending. Like Especially as it's become more culturally relevant and streaming has become more prevalent and people have gone back and kind of reassessed it. I do wish absolutely that Avery Brooks was still as cool with his castmates as Patrick Stewart seems to be and participated in this a little bit more because he's notably absent from a lot of it, but he's, you know, Avery Brooks. So 
the jazz man kind of does his own thing. <laughs> but yeah, so everyone else is there. And while I could have watched a mini series of this, like they did a Netflix series, it was like, we're going to bring the Deep Space Nine cast for like eight hours and just shoot the shit about everything. I would have sat there and watched it. As a two hour movie, like documentary, it works really well. Because it's like, it's just an interesting story. Like the Deep Space Nine story is like the story of the middle child of Star Trek. And feeling like they were doing better work than the other two, like their big brother franchise, or I guess big brother shows, mm-hmm. Voyager and TNG. And I mean, I'll leave that up to prosperity to really decide which show is better. I always, I'm a Deep Space Nine guy, so I lean that way. And I think history will be much kinder to Deep Space Nine than any of the other Star Trek series from the 90s mm-hmm. uh, going forward. So as a diehard fan, like I think it puts a nice lovely bow on the show that is Deep Space Nine, the kind of forgotten Star Trek between TNG and Voyager. Mm-hmm. So if you were a fan of that or a fan of Star Trek and don't know a lot about Deep Space Nine, I think go check it out. Uh, you're going to learn a lot just about the franchise in general because they do they go into its launch and its genesis and like how far back it goes and all that kind of stuff. It was very interesting as a giant Deep Space Nine fan. I mean, obviously I knew a lot of it, but mm-hmm. it's just cool to kind of have it all in one big package. Yeah. So, And we've been waiting for this this documentary for ages so it was awesome to finally get my hands on it and get to dive into it awesome all right so my geek cred this week is actually a youtube channel and it is a a, it's a weird one because it's i got into it just through my youtube recommendations and i am fascinated by it it's called be kind rewind and what this channel does is it takes every year's best actress oscar nomination and it examines the winner of the role, like their their career leading up to their Oscar win and a little bit after that. And it discusses the politics around their win. And it's so fascinating to watch. I've watched every single episode. It started off with the Best Actress 1947, Olivia de Havilland. And recently they just did Vivian Lee for her win in Gone with the Wind. Before that, they did Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah, that. Yeah, Sandra Bullock getting her win finally for The Blind Side. They have a whole segment on Meryl Streep. It's like really, really good deep dives into this very particular niche of pop culture. But it's like, for me, it's it really revealed to me a lot about like what the actresses have to go through and especially what they had to go through in the old Hollywood system where they had contract players and actresses got loaned out to studios and things like that. Like how hard Betty Davis had to work to get her Oscars. Just really, really interesting. So if you guys are at all interested in the Oscars or you just really are fascinated by like big name actresses, like I am, because I love me some Meryl, like I am more attracted to like the, the big name actress in a headline than I am with the male actor usually, but it depends, but usually that's true. So like seeing the retrospective on how certain people got the role that they won their Oscar for, or the, I guess, legacy Oscar that they earned because they got snubbed in previous years. Think Leonardo DiCaprio, but I'm thinking more Betty Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So check out this channel. It is so cool. Especially like my favorite episode in particular is the one about Grace Kelly because she beat out Judy Judy Garland Garland for A Star is Born. And it's one of the early examples of like a beautiful woman kind of playing down her looks to win an Oscar kind of scenario. And that's been going on since 1955. It's not Nicole Kidman or Charlize Theron doing it first. Halle Halle Berry. Yeah, so check out Be Kind Rewind on YouTube. And the narrator who does it, she's amazing. I think that it's just the videos are very well put together. And like sitting through 20 minutes feels like it flies by, to be honest. So 
be kind, rewind. Cool. I've been listening to a lot of this kind of like YouTube documentary stuff lately while I'm working. So I'll probably put some of this on, give it a shot. I think you should give it a shot. Like choose, choose some actresses that like you find interesting. Maybe I think the Jane Fonda one for you. I mean, I'll just put it on. I like most of these actresses a lot. Like I've seen gone with the wind. So that's an interesting story to me. Yeah. That one. Like like, that is the Joan Crawford, Julie Andrews. Like that's crazy. That's probably a big fucking long story. Yeah. Like this looks like a pretty crazy set of like, I know enough about like what they went through just like in their lives that I can imagine the detail of their Oscar wins is probably pretty fucking intense. So very interesting. Listen to some of this. I'm a nut for behind the scenes, Hollywood shit though. So that's why I like listening to those Kevin Smith podcasts. Oh, the one that you if you're really interested in that, you should look at Joan Crawford's in particular. I know you'll probably, if you are into it, you'll probably get to it, but the Joan Crawford one and, and how, she had to maneuver her career to finally get her Oscar win is really, really interesting. So Hmm. yeah. Anyway, so that's our episode for today. Thank you very much for listening to us ramble about Veronica Mars that we adore and love and yay Kristen Bell. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast, which you can do via whichever podcatching app you prefer on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, we'd love to hear what you thought about Veronica Mars season four. Are you a marshmallow? Do you like peppy blonde detective? Yeah, right. It's terrible, but it's it is terrible, it's man. what we've got. Ugh. Or anything else you want to talk about about the episode that we talked about, uh, drop us a line on facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast, which is where we're most active on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So thanks so much for joining us again. We're going to say good night. Say good night, Mark. Good night, everybody. And I will be saying good morning because it's 9 a.m. for me. So have a wonderful night, evening, wherever you are in the world and have a great day.